1: I would say that um, even without this win today, it's worthwhile. Um, I'm doing what I absolutely love and not many people get to wake up and live their dream and um, know that so many people are supporting me, Just not, not just my family, and my friends who I know personally, but um, so many people that are watching here today and, and back home um, on TV. Thank you so much. I, I love you all.
2: Uh, that was the elated voice of Kim Burrell, who was a uh, pleasant surprise uh, this morning slash this afternoon with a big win over 6 three six seven six six one. Louise Fleming has been good enough to jump on the line and tell us all about it. Louise, what a uh, thanks for joining us first of all, but uh, what a nice little surprise to see Kim Burrell able to uh, get through her round one match uh, despite losing the first set six three.
1: Unbelievable, wasn't it? today, guys. Yes, it was um, so much excitement there on court. Kia, it was amazing, really. I mean, Kim came out trying to outpace and outpower Kai Kanepi. Kai Kanepi, 37 in the world. She's been to every uh, Grand Slam quarterfinals. So she's got loads of experience. She's a big hitter, and, and really she was taking it to Kim. Tim couldn't quite get over the line in that first set, but then she decided to change it up. She started hitting higher and heavier and really mixing it up, trying to get Kaya out of her hit zone, and it really worked. All of a sudden, Kanepi, you know, just lost her rhythm, and, of course, the heat started to come. um, and, And I just really feel him then just was... You know, able to get on top of her opponent and just was really solid and just really resilient. And it was just a great win. I mean, it's so exciting. The last time they played, they lost 6-1, 6-3, and that was a few years in Brisbane. So what a turnaround for Kim Beryl.
2: Yeah, amazing. What What was it like? I don't know if you were able to get there or you were um, able to see some, some images. Is it is it is it a bit of a, a situation where word starts to filter around that, you know, I guess a little known Aussie starting to do great things. There's an upset brewing and the crowd starts to starts to sort of gather. Is that how it went down for, for Kim today?
1: Yeah, well I was sitting in the most comfortable um chair in the in the whole house because I was commentating the match. So I was sitting in a really nice studio in some aircon, Um but there was a lot of noise coming from Kia Arena. So I do think that as the match progressed. There was a whole bunch of Australians there in their yellow and golden, uh, golden green. It was was amazing. It was a full-packed house. And the more noise, that just attracts more people. And obviously, uh, the Nazi coconut is coming up on that court much later today because of the heat rule that's come in. There is no play on the outside courts at the moment. So, yeah, that that court just started to pack up and really um, get a lot of people just because of the... The lineup today is incredible on that court and after um, Kim and Kaya there was another men's match and then Tanasi was coming up up against Cognini later today
0: So how does that affect the? Well, firstly those matches that have been suspended and then also the other matches this evening how do they try and squeeze everything in and reschedule um, given that uh, it is so hot on those outside courts
1: Yeah look they they have to wait until it comes down to i think 35 um, for the overall and at the moment i think it's up around the 37 mark. so everyone's just waiting i just saw Thanasi Kokanakis uh just come up the stairs we had a chat i said what are you doing and he said well just trying to stay chilled i mean what you don't want to do is waste too much energy being in the you know the restaurants and around the areas where you're talking to everyone because everyone you know wants to have a chat with every player that they walk past and and so that's tiring. So, the Nasi's just going to go and sit in the locker room and try to chill. Up. There's no practice and no play until 5 p.m. So, there's a match that the Nasi has to play after. So, it's going to be a very late night, I would imagine, because Bajanovic and Rune, Olga Rune, the Danish guy that's the number one seed here, they have to play. So, that could take two or three hours. The Nasi then is going to go on at about 8 p.m. 9pm, something like that. And it just pushes all the matches back. The only matches we're on at the moment is Rene Varina and John Payne. Um, so, you know, those matches are progressing. And uh, actually, Matteo Berrettini is playing Andy Murray and they're having a bit of a battle out there. Andy Murray won the first set. Um, you know, Matteo Berrettini, obviously, he's the 13th seed. He would expect to win that he just beat his, uh, his current opponent at the US Open in fourth. You would think that's going to maybe go four or five sets. Um, and then later tonight, Onjibur and Novak Djokovic uh, take that court. But they're not going to be upset too much with the timing because it's all indoors.
0: Well, it could be a frustrating evening for those players sitting around waiting, but I think uh, Thanasi's uh, quite partial to a late-night club visit or two, so he might, might be okay with the late-night Louise coming up. It was, in fact, a, a great day yesterday, and there were a few surprise winners, uh, just st- sticking with the female side of things. Olivia Gadecki was a, certainly a surprise winner on, on debut yesterday. She's been drawn against unseated Ukrainian Marta Kostik. You think she'll be happy with that match-up?
1: Yeah, I think so. Marta Koscik is playing very good tennis. So remember she got to, I think, the fourth round when she was only about a 15 or a 16-year-old. Um, had a bit of a resurgence lately. She's playing some great tennis. She's a big hitter. Um, she plays flat and, you know, moves very well. Olivia has a very big serve and a great forehand. Um, you know, she's a big ball striker, Olivia. Uh, look, anything could happen there. Olivia gets a little bit of a run, a little bit of confidence. I think we could see her um, get up in this match, but certainly we're hoping um, for her to, to do well. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for that match. I hope I'm actually commentating it.
2: Uh, Louise, what did you make of the, the the great story around Jason Kubler? Of course, 29 years of age. Uh, it's been so long, and, and he's had so many goes at trying to win uh, matches in the Australian Open. He's had so many injuries, but yesterday... Able to to get the win over the Argentinian six four six four six four, so uh, a fantastic result for us Aussie fans, but also Jason himself, who's had to endure a lot of uh, a lot of obstacles.
1: Yeah, it's phenomenal, isn't it? I think he's had eight knee operations and so much time off the tour, thinking about his life. He was the number one junior in the world, so much expectation, um, and then his body just really couldn't hold up. So it's great to see him doing really well in Adelaide. I think the other night when he interviewed him got a little bit emotional just the fact that he's had such a a tough journey he's got a great attitude and I think being included in the Davis Cup and and even you know listening to Jason talk he feels like he really belongs now he's hanging around with the Demonars and the Coconacuses and and Leighton Stewart with Davis Cup and I think that's just lifted his his own confidence and for me, he's one of the really most consistent competitors out there. For me, his character is great, and he doesn't seem to dip. If he has a bad game, he picks himself straight up, and, and I just love the way he's appreciating being on the court. I think that sometimes you've just got to have a whole lot of gratitude when your body stays together, and not, it's not filled with, with glue and, and sticky tape. So many of these players <laughs> are carrying injuries, and it's great to see him feeling like he's um, not carrying too much pain.
0: Death taxes and Johnny Millman playing in a five-setter at round one in the Australian <laughs> Open, Louise.
1: Yeah, you gotta love it. Are you still here? I'm not sure if I've lost you guys. No, we're um, st- we've
2: we still got you, Louise. Still got you.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm in the. Uh, I'm in the restaurant up on the roof here with all the tennis players, and I'd say everyone's on their their telephones. This, this place is absolutely packed with this heat rule, um, and with the break, you can barely get a, a seat. There's people everywhere. Um, no, it's, it's really it's a great uh, great feeling in here. But, um, yeah, Johnny Millman, I mean, amazing, isn't he? I just love what he gives. His brand of tennis is to absolutely try to run the house down. I wanted to go in and have a little look at um, that match yesterday. It's at Show Court 3, and there was about 15 deep just trying to get in the gate. So I had to stand up on, on the stadium just up the back there of Margaret Court Arena and just try to watch over top. Um, look, he's he's a journeyman, isn't he? And if you if you give him a, a contest, he loves taking up the challenge. Oh, look, he's he's just a fighter, um, and he just was so consistent yesterday. He actually served really well. So when he needed to, he could throw down some big bombs. But no one's going to outrun this guy. If you said, listen, uh, Johnny, just after the match, you've got to run to Sydney just to pick up some some extra things for your kids, he probably would. He wouldn't. He wouldn't even deter from. From going the extra mile, he's amazing, um, and I love his heart.
2: Uh, Louise, what did you make of, again, not sure how much of it you caught, but we saw some of the big guns, Pass, and Medvedev were able to stroll through their first-round matches, and we expect that from, from the big guns. But Rafael Nadal, he was he was able to get through, and that's the most important part, survive and advance for sure. But he laboured through at different stages, took him four sets to get past uh, Draper. So what did you make of, of what you saw of Nadal?
1: Yeah, look, um, it, that was a really tough match. When I saw that draw come out, Jack Draper has been playing incredible tennis. He's 21 years of age. He's a lefty. He's six foot four. He beat um, Suwo Kwan, the guy that won Adelaide last week. Um, he beat him a couple of months ago. He's had wins over Pass, Monfield, Tim, Felix Auger, Alissimo. So I was thinking, look out. If you're going to play anyone uh, in the first round of a Grand Slam, you better play Rafa first round because once he gets through each match, he gets tougher and tougher. So I thought Jack Draper could have been a chance. Didn't get the first set, got the second set, but I think he ran out of legs. I think he pulled maybe a bit of a muscle. He had a strain. So in a way, I think Rafa maybe just um, got out of jail there. But, yeah, look, good to see that he was getting better as the match went on. Um, but I love Jack Draper and look out for that young man's name. Only 21 years of age, lefty, and he plays some great tennis. Um, yeah, look, Medvedev, yeah, he kind of breezed through. Tsitsipas was good, didn't really uh, have too much of a, a problem against Hayes, the, the Frenchman. man. Um, I think he got that in the, the tiebreaker in the third, maybe. He did, yeah. And again, yeah, again, I love watching Tsitsipas. He's just a freak of nature, isn't he? He's a Greek god and, he just throws himself around the court. It was in Margaret Court Arena. I did get to watch a little bit of that because I was calling Madison Keys. the next match after that um, where she played some great tennis as well. So, no, it's been incredible. The matches have been really good. There's been a lot of competition early on. Sometimes you see in the first rounds of Grand Slams, you see a little bit of a lackluster effort from just the fact that you might have a player coming off some big wins and you've got to play a lack in confidence. I really haven't seen that. We've seen so many tight battles and some good quality play. Um, so it's been, yeah, it's been a great start to day one. And we've seen some really good matches also here um, starting today. We saw Pat Sabalenka, the number five seed on Red Laver Arena. She got through uh, against Mart- Martin Kova and Caroline Garcia, the number four seed as well, getting through the qualifier. Catherine Seboff, of Canada, so those two big hitters looking like they're in good form, and I can't wait to see the end of that Murray and Berrettini match out on Rod Laver Arena too. Continuous play there because it's a little bit cooler.
2: Yeah, it's uh, just they've just cut away from the uh, score there, but Andy Murray's more than serving it up to Berrettini at the moment. So that's certainly a great game. Murray won the first at six-three, and he's uh, he's broken serve. He's up four-three and serving up 15 love at the moment uh before we let you go louise uh yep. some uh, really good uh numbers and figures coming around from a crowd perspective yesterday
1: oh it was absolutely smashing you couldn't walk from one from one court to another i went down to try to watch rinky um Hijikata on court eight another aussie rinky was two sets to love down hmm. and just played the match of his life um you know, winning that in five sets. But I tried to get down even around court eight. No chance. It was about 10 deep. Um, so that was a bit disappointing for me because I really wanted to go and watch him play. Watch this young fella. I love him. He's got a heart of gold. He's the guy that played against Rafa Nadal at the US Open, won the first set. And I think he's got a lot of class, that young fella. Um, but yeah, the numbers are great. There's so much action here at the Australian Open. I love just getting a... for friends. You know, just getting a ground pass. There's so many great matches all around, yeah. and obviously you get a get a um, a nice little bite. There's so many great restaurants and bars and all sorts of things here. It's a it's a, a real festival feeling. It's it's great. I mean, the last two years, you know, it's been a bit of a sad feeling here. Last year we had better numbers, but two years ago, just walking around with no one here. It was quite daunting, sad to see, but we're back in action, which is which is wonderful.
2: We most definitely are. It's uh, great to see the crowds back. A little hiccup with the heat at the moment, but certainly if you're uh, uh, around the place or watching Andy Murray and Berrettini are going at it blow for blow right now. Louise Fleming, we'll let you get back to uh, grabbing a little snack, and uh, you're a very busy person at the moment, so we, we very much appreciate you giving us 10 or 15 minutes of your time. <laughs>
1: No worries, guys. Call me any time. I love it. Bye, bye. There's Bye-bye.
2: Louise Fleming, uh, great Grand Slam commentator. You can hear her uh, work across the Australian Open. Uh, Adam Cooney. and uh, uh, 35 degrees. Are you happy with that? Oh, I th- I would have thought 37. You could you could probably you could probably keep playing. Could you not? Yeah, mid thirties is
0: mid thirties, not too bad. We push on through a preseason mm. session of about two and a half to three hours in in mid thirty conditions. So, but it is hot on court. Like this, the sun bounces off the court and uh, burns your nose. So it's not ideal.
2: <laughs> uh, unbelievable. Uh, the insights of the great two thousand and seven Medals. Uh Let's get to a break because on the other side, we've got to get to Nick Tedeschi because there's a storm brewing in the NRL between the players. And the competition itself. So uh, let's get to the news and then we'll speak to Nick.